Welcome to the Zero Darks Party Podcast. I am your host, Tara, and I'm joined with my co-host, Jason. Hello. You may not know him because he's not super into the MSU Twitters, but uh, I brought him on because we disagree on everything, so I think it'll make for a good back and forth. We'll have a good, healthy discussion about all the things that we all mutually love. Well, except for this week. We're not, Jason is an evil Packers fan, so FTP baby, let's go. Wow, don't. Four in a row. Please no disrespect to the Packers on this podcast. It's already happened, can't take it back. That's that's just unnecessary. I can't delete. For the record, this is for the week of October the, what we're doing? Ninth. Ninth. Today is October the ninth. It's Wednesday. This is our first time. This is our first time doing this, so please pardon the awkwardness. Slight little, slight little bits. Um, We also have no music. No (laughs) No nothing. Yeah, just just kind of ambient noise. Yeah. Recording this in a basement, no big deal. My basement. Uh, that's fine. Um, just a quick, quick little rundown of what we want to do. Um, first, we want to go off and recap the Ohio State game, of course. I'm here to be your therapist, guys. I'm here to get us through it. We're going to move on to Wisconsin, so get you through it. Did get you, you say, through your week. Did you just say on Wisconsin? I didn't. I delete that. <laughs> Post-production. Um, pro Football Focus just released their um their midseason power rankings. Want to go over where Michigan State's at on those with regards to the season since we're getting approaching the halfway point. Um, we've got a preview of the Wisconsin game coming up, as Tari just mentioned. Um, we've got a couple other topics to hit in the news, and who knows, maybe we'll have some other shenanigans and things planned for the end of the episode. Maybe if you so, hang in that long. If you hang around that long, we'll yeah. see how this goes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Ohio State. All right, I'm here to be your therapist. I do have a psychology degree, so I am qualified for this, okay? So, uh, MSU lost a game, guys. Second one of the season. Took a tough L at the shoe, which many teams do. I mean, nobody's won there this year, so, you yeah. know. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're we like lost. everybody else at this point. We did not cover the spread. Did not cover the spread. Final so, score, final score of 34 to 10. So, uh, that sure happened. We're all aware. There was a lot of misplays in that game. I think we're all pretty aware of those. I don't think we need to rehash too many of them. Um, we're, no. not, we're definitely not here to talk about the Miss Cody White uh, touchdown pass. That's no, not no. We're we're, to I, I want to go through the positives first because yep. I, I did take some really good things away from the game. Wow, Jason has positives. Wow. I have a lot of positives to say, actually. <laughs> Shocking. That first quarter was probably the best performance that I've seen our defense put on this year. Oh, it was we held, I had a lot of feelings about it. We had. It was a really good, you know... 16 yards and three points. 16 yards. And with two fumbles points. on our first two, two drives. On the first which two drives. Could not have had a worse start. Could not have had a worse start. Other so, than like we, pick six, but you know. But we held it down. We held yeah. them to three points. It had me get, It had me feeling a lot of confidence there. Had I was feeling really good. It had me feeling really, really hopeful. Feeling um, some type of way. Some type of way. And then uh, the second quarter happened, and then yeah. things got away very quickly. I think you just saw. The amount of talent, the explosive athletes they have, and uh, it uh, did not uh, did not go well. So I've, I've got a question for you. Um, sure. Watching and going into this season, and now seeing what what Justin Fields has done against this stout yeah. Michigan State defense, is he your front runner for the Heisman at this point? Oof. Uh, it's hard to argue. Uh, I mean, there's other really good candidates out there, but. Justin Fields, man, he is the real deal. I think that's fair to say. Uh, the way he looks off receivers mm-hmm. had our defense just completely in shambles, which was really shocking, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know, though. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has a good argument right now, but, and, you know, to uh, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson struggled a little bit, but I think we all know what Trevor Lawrence is having a real down year. Uh, yeah. If you ask me, I think it's a it's a kind of a three-man race right now. Uh, yeah. You know, you got Fields, Tua, obviously. What about Shea Patterson? <laughs> yeah, you know, preseason favorite. Let's go. Um, no, my and my third candidate is former Alabama quarterback. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that but Oklahoma offense is... Oklahoma's just kind of a Heisman farm. Yeah. But that's not what we're here to talk Factory, about. Factory, no. We're here to talk about the Spartans and their lovely game against Ohio State. And, you know, there were things that were good. Such as? Um, you know, I thought Lewerke, all things considered, was pretty solid. The O-line... Jason's already making a face at me. The O-line... We were asking a lot to... Guard, you know, Chase Young. Is it Chase Young? That's mm-hmm. him. Yep, that guy. Number two. Um, that defensive line is stacked. And the O-line, we're on our fourth string left tackle. Mm-hmm. So I think that matchup is a little bit lopsided. Mm-hmm. And I thought, all things considered, Lewerke, what was it? He was sacked four times, I believe. Sacked four times, yeah. So, I mean, that... and. The second half, we had to completely just abandon the run game and mm-hmm. just pass. So that kind of let Ohio State tee off on our O-line and on Lewerke. And to only give up four sacks, I think, is pretty solid. I mean, Lewerke was running for his life most of the game. But mm-hmm. he did a good job of evading the pressure. He did have that bad interception after we got a turnover, which was pretty deflating. Mm-hmm. I think there were several deflating points in this game. I definitely have more issues with other points of the team right now than Lewerke. I don't think Lewerke is our biggest problem. Well, let's run down the stat line. Uh, sure. Lewerke, 20-38. A lot of drops. 218 yards, one touchdown, one interception. You just mentioned a lot of drops. Yep. Um, I, I, I look at that and I see the thing that jumps out to me is the 20-38. It's not the touchdown. It's not the interception. It's sure. the thing that I feel like a lot of the critics have, have kind of said about Lewerke all along is the accuracy. Yeah. 52%, it's always been a problem. 52%. I don't care if you're the quarterback of Michigan State, the quarterback of Alabama, or the quarterback of name a college. Tulane. Fifty three percent isn't gonna get it done. That no. that's that's not the performance that you need out of. A it's a very Connor Cook esque line there. Connor Cook was not known for his completion percentage, but he did complete the really tough passes, which Lewerke sometimes can do, and then other times he can't. He's a bit inconsistent. He's up and down. You mm-hmm. don't really know what Lewerke you're going to get sometimes, which can be a bit tough to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, Elijah Collins averaging 5.2 yards per carry, which is another strong performance by him. Unfortunately, yep. as you mentioned, we had to get away from the run game a little bit as we got further and further behind in yep. the game. Um, 12 carries, 63 yards. That's that's a solid outing from him. Um, given Definitely limited, a bright spot, I would say. The limited run. I would like to see more of him. Yeah, I think I that's would, fair. I yeah. think D'Antonio's kind of holding him back a little bit because he doesn't want him to hit that freshman wall. But we're at a point now where depth is going to be an issue. We don't really have the veteran backs to to take carries from him anymore. It's and, kind of, we've got Ant Williams and maybe some walk-ons and a freshman. So, I mean, there's not... There's not a lot we can do right now. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get into the lack of depth a yeah, little later that's on. definitely a topic coming up, Um folks. Stewart, six catches, 68 yards, one touchdown. Overall, it was 
he had the bright spot of the game with the one touchdown, mm-hmm. but he definitely had some drops that were backbreakers. Um, I don't want to pick on him too much because he is our best receiver. I can't. I, I can't. I yeah. can't give him any fault at all. Yeah. You know, there's been so many situations where he's uh, bailed us out where completely. He, he's yeah. completely bailed out the offense. I mean, he scored two touchdowns um, last week. It's he, hard to nitpick him too much. No, he make he he constantly makes incredible catches. Yep. Um, catches that you know most guys don't make. Um, he, he reminds me a lot of of, of Felton in the last couple of years, where yeah, he really you know, high points that football and just brings incredibly it down. high points yep. the football. You can put that thing. It seems like almost two three feet above us at a time. I know it's exaggeration, but. Wherever I mean, he, he had that it, one-handed catch earlier in the year that was just out of this world. Yeah, looking like yeah. Odell Beckham. That was that was incredible. Um, the drops were killer, though. The drops they, were... Then they happened to be on third down, mm-hmm. which doesn't move the chains. We put the defense back out there, which, you know, probably needed a bit more of a breather. It was just overall kind of a up-and-down performance for Stewart there. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of wrapping up on offense. Uh, tight ends, uh, Matt Seibert, Gillison. Um, combined five receptions, 71 yards. Um, Solid. It's okay. It's yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really like what Seibert's been doing on the year. Um, I'd my like guy. To, Shout out Matt Seibert. I'd like guy. to see, uh, I'd like to see him more downfield. I really yeah. would. Um, I'd like to see him being used as more of a pass catching tight end. Um, what I love about Seibert though, is he really lowers that shoulder and just goes for the yards. Mm-hmm. You know, he... He gives you everything he's got out there. You gotta respect it, um, especially coming from his background, being a transfer. He's really impressed this season. I thought Gillison was a bright spot. He's a big boy. Mm-hmm. If you like big tight ends, I think Gillison is your guy because mm-hmm. he made some really tough catches out there and did a good job. The thing that concerns me, um, going kind of down the line with this season. And as you mentioned, we're on what our, our fourth string left tackle. Yeah, we're gonna need Tough. to bring in more tight ends to block rather yeah. than go downfield. So that's gonna limit our well, weapons going. And we'll also get into this later, as we said. But the depth with running back, we lose Hayward and Ladarius, who are our best two pass blockers as running backs. So that's also going to have an effect on the rest of the season outlook. But you know, we're gonna need those tight ends to keep improving and blocking, and our wide receivers to also. Mm-hmm keep blocking so we'll see how it goes folks we're gonna just keep taking it a game at a time for right now Mm -hmm. so tough loss but you know i don't think all of it was bad i think some of it a lot of us expected ohio state is very good where are you at with the defense how do you how do you feel about the performance um i'm not hitting the panic button i think no i I think think anyone that is is foolish yeah i i I understand people's worry though having back-to-back kind of struggling games but Ohio State's gonna do that to most teams I believe so it's hard to you know pick on them too much for that performance especially at the shoe it's mm-hmm. a lot to ask to hold them you know under their I think that was their season low for in terms of points so I mean it is what it is and considering 34 is your well that's pretty uh Pretty, uh, That's yeah. It's a pretty high low. Um, yeah. And, I mean, to be fair, though, they probably could have put more up. Uh, that pick six, there was a pretty uh, weak flag, I thought. The yeah. blindside block, that probably should have been picked up. But, I mean, I'm not here to <laughs> complain too much about refs right now, so. No, no, there's no... Nothing really happened with the, with the official yeah. thing of the refs that you can really fault in I thought way. if one thing, and this is also doesn't really change the outcome but 
I would have liked to have a review on the uh, the first fumble of the game. I thought Cody White, that could have been called an incomplete pass. I don't think he ever quite had full possession, but once again, mm-hmm. we ended up getting no points out of it. So, ball don't lie, you know, what can you do? It is what it is. So, let's move on. We Jason has a little number from po- Pro Football Focus to talk about. So I do. Um, this was just put out today. Um, on Wednesday, um, I want to give credit to the author of this uh, these power rankings, uh, Ben Brown, Pro, Pro Football Focus. Shout out! Um, I love Pro Football Focus. They're they're probably my favorite. As far as analytics go, it's probably my favorite to go to, both for the pros and college football. Um, the Spartans come in at rank 17 in their which top I think is 25, fair. which is fair. Yep. To to maybe even slightly generous. Yeah. I'll say. Yep. Um, I want to read Ben's write-up here, um, and I, and I kind of want to solicit feedback, um, both from Tara and from anyone that's listening. Um, I, I'd love to hear what you guys think. Um, and I'll just read. Their, their week six game quickly slipped away from the Spartans as they were ineffective in moving the ball or slowing down the offensive output of the Buckeyes. Again, this is why we place so much emphasis on quarterback play and downgrade teams who rely heavily on defense and a ground-and-pound rushing attack. The Spartans have the 11th best EPA allowed in run defense, and only 35% of opposing rushing plays have been successful from an EPA standpoint, which is impressive. Yeah. Um, those numbers are, are unheard of outside of the SEC. Um, still, in today's version of football, that quality defensive effort will only net you a middle-of-the-pack finish in the Big Ten, which is where the Spartans are heading. Oof. I mean, it's a tough reality to look in the face and see I think we've all seen how football has it changed over the years mm-hmm. and it's gone to more of a passing game um, you see it in the NFL with Kansas City being at the forefront and you see it in the college game there's a lot more passing not as much running outside of Wisconsin Iowa and MSU I don't think you really see it as much anymore and in some ways I get it I mean, defenses can only do so much. Like, mm-hmm. elite defenses, when you've got an elite passing attack, there's only so many plays you can do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tough reality. I think we've all known that we've needed to make adjustments on offense, and I have to say, I think I've, I'm have i of the feeling that I like what Salem is doing. Um, I think the personnel, we may not have quite the personnel to do exactly what we want to do, in terms of, like, the offensive line just isn't where we need it to be, and I think everyone is aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I I can't really disagree with anything he's saying. It's just uh, a, a reality we have to look in the face and know that the offense has to improve to help out our defense, and I think that that's fair I, across I, the board. I generally agree. Um, I, I go back to the, uh, the defensive stats where only 35% of opposing rushing plays are successful. Well, Which teams again, just have abandoned the run on us, too, in most games. That, too. Um, and, and I think a lot of that is Which still even away from, uh, uh, from the first game of the year. Um, negative 73 rushing yards. Negative 73 rushing yards. Never forget, guys. Never forget. That was, uh, that was a good time. But but also, that that kind of brings back a couple of my concerns um, on, mm-hmm. on defense. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I mentioned these to you in, in past weeks. Um, not pointing out anyone specific. Right. Um, my big concern, um, 
and, and if you watch teams who are successful against our defense, speed of the ball is a real mm-hmm. big problem. Yeah. Um, I you, mean, Antoine Simmons has all of that, though. He is Antoine the guy, Simmons, He's the future of that. He absolutely right is. He's, he's... He's... But when you watch Antoine Simmons, he's that kind of next-level athlete you need mm-hmm. to stop the kind of passing offenses that we see. In turn, if you watch the Indiana game, for instance, it's... The the recipe to attack the MSU defense has been out there for years. It's a three step drop, throw a quick pass on the uh, on the crossing yeah. route. And then it negates our pass rush yeah. and it forces our linebackers to defend the flat, which we struggle with in coverage a lot. And but if you watch the Indiana game, I thought Antoine Simmons really shined because he was he has the athleticism and the burst to get off of the blocks that the wide receivers were setting. And mm-hmm. mind you, Indiana's wide receivers were massive, and they were setting amazing blocks, which allowed those quick passes to go for five yards instead of two or three. They were going for five to ten yards. So I think, obviously, you want to get more Antoine Simmons in that backfield. But, you know, it's recruiting comes down to it mm-hmm. Antoine Simmons was a really good recruit you can but yeah. I, I agree but you just you can't as a defense you can't be strong against one mm-hmm. one pass uh, I think one of the, a lot of the old conventional arguments and a lot of things that work for old Spartan defenses where we were really really good at making teams one-dimensional yeah we forced teams to throw the ball yeah. and when we forced them to throw the ball we had the players at the time to completely shut that down to completely shut it yeah. down right we we have we had the corners that we had NFL break cal- up. caliber yeah. corners and safeties. Yeah. Um, Miss you, Justin Lane. We have one right now. I still think Josiah is absolutely incredibly shut down. Nobody ever targets him because yeah. he's a shit. He, he got picked on a little bit. He got picked against on Indiana, but yeah, but I I had some issues with the coverage we were playing against him. Yeah, we're not gonna. That's go there. that's a whole other issue. Um, we're not gonna go there. But so. he is a smaller guy, so if you put a big wide receiver like when you saw. And I believe it was a fade mm-hmm. that they caught the touchdown pass over him in the Indiana game. Mm-hmm. That guy was just big. I mean, what can you do without pass interference? There's not much he could have done to stop him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's that's gonna happen. Definitely, but uh, definitely an interesting perspective there from uh, again. That's from uh, Pro Football Focus from Ben Brown. I think um, it's a inconvenient truth. <laughs> it's an inconvenient truth. Yeah. Is that term copyrighted? Mm. Al Gore. <laughs> don't come at me don't don't at me with your do not come at us um, okay but folks a lot of things have happened we've spent a lot of time here talking about things that have happened in the last week let's move forward let's let's look. all collectively put on our bootstraps and move forward to wisconsin so saturday yeah big game big game going to camp Randall. yeah that's a tough place to win for sure. Tough place to win. We've Just... had a we've have quite a brutal stretch happening right now. We're only in the second game of a brutal stretch, but luckily we've got a bye week next week to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So hopefully the the fellas are looking forward to that break. I'm okay. sure they're gonna need it after this this two game stretch here. Just uh, ask Jim Harbaugh how it feels to play at Camp Randall. That was so really nice. So let's uh, let's take a look and see. Um, we've got a couple bullet points in. Obviously, our first into. one is Jonathan Taylor's good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Twelve touchdowns on the year. Um, pretty yeah. much single-handedly beat Michigan. Beat that down run offense. Um, they he looks really 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 good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he has 103 rushing attempts for 745 yards. 
He's averaging 7.2 yards a carry. So Very good. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good, I would say. Um, the, the big also, question Also, my namesake. Here, and I just I just mentioned teams making teams one-dimensional. Can MSU make them one-dimensional? That's the um, question. That I think the, that kind of comes down to whether we win or lose this game, honestly, is can we can we force them to throw? Can we put pressure on the quarterback? Can we force them to throw, or can we, or can we contain an elite running back? I mean, if you looking back at a lot of. I mean, you saw. I mean, I saw that seventy-three yard run or whatever it was against Michigan. He Mm -hmm. when he gets even a little. You get you give him space. space, He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. He's gone. What and what is it with Wisconsin being running back university? I don't know. You think about it. It's got to be that O line. I swear. Yeah. Well, I mean, Melvin Gordon isn't a slouch. Yeah. Monty, Monty Ball. Ball. <laughs> uh, you know, bad knees. Bad knees. Bad knees. Um, so can MSU make them one-dimensional? And if we do make them one-dimensional, is it going to be effective? Enough. Yeah. I mean, um, the Wisconsin defense has looked pretty good so far, mm-hmm. especially at home. And and you have concerns their defense is looking pretty good at home. Although they didn't look great against Northwestern. Um, Northwestern is always a weird game for everyone, though. I think we can all agree that Northwestern is a weird game for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think they just kind of take you into a weird upside-down universe. And as we saw in the past, Northwestern has gotten the better of us a few times. So, quite a few times. But yeah, I guess it's just kind of comes down to, is it can MSU make them one-dimensional? And also, can MSU put up some points? help out the defense or is it kind of going to be a defensive battle it's i i can kind of see this being a low scoring game i know shocking it's msu football and wisconsin football mm-hmm. i don't i don't think we're gonna have a real high scoring affair here no i can kind of see it coming down to a couple possessions here there we definitely can't afford to turn the ball over no. and kick ourselves shoot ourselves in the foot if you will like we did last week. It's definitely, we definitely have to prove on that. Um, I think that's been a main focal point of the season is that we've kind of beaten ourselves more than opponents have beaten us in some ways. So. There have been a lot of situations that could have been avoided. Yeah, uh, we've yeah. had a lot of penalties. We hadn't necessarily and... kicked ourselves in the foot. Yeah. Well, you know, anyways. So we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, yeah. a win would do a lot for this season win would do a lot uh, yeah. especially as is the middle game of a tough three stretch. Game stretch against top 10 teams in the country and penn state has looked a lot better than i expected them penn to state, yeah penn state never never a slouch and and yeah they're coming they're coming east lansing which we're fighting nard dogs almost pulled it off though they almost them. pulled it off but <laughs> you know they're they're five and zero. Oh. um yeah. they're i mean what else can you say they're good they're good. It's They're a, solid. It's solid another team. solid it's Wisconsin a, team. It's another James Franklin, Penn State team. Yep. So, and then Penn State, good. So, it would it would really help out the season. I think outlook, especially. I think fans are a little frustrated right now. We're all kind of feeling it, and mm. a win would do a lot for the rest of the season outlook for sure. So, hopefully, we can pull one out. I I'm kind of feeling. I'm not feeling confident, but I'm not feeling down about it either. I'm kind of just going into the game hoping for a good matchup, and hopefully we can pull it out somehow. We're definitely going to need a good Lewerke game. Definitely, I'd like to see, I'd like to see that completion percentage maybe just above sixty. 
that you would know, be good. A little yeah. little more a little more than half is all and I really And if we can like get Elijah see. Collins going too, that helps out the entire team a little bit there too, the entire offense. So mm-hmm. all right. Moving on. So, Wisconsin. As you know, there's been a lot of other things happening. This a week. lot of news this week. Aside it's been from, a busy uh, news week. Aside from just looking forward to the game, there's been there's been some news stories and some things coming out. So on the good end of the spectrum, we got a commitment from four-star 2020 point guard A.J. Hoggard. Hope I'm saying that correctly. He's from Huntington Prep, which is the same school as Miles Bridges, fun fact. And uh, he's a pretty big boy, 6'3", 185. It's the second point guard in this class. Um, is that news for Foster Lawyer? I don't know. We'll see. I don't think so. I, I still don't think so, and I'd, I'd really like to go into this. Um, we're go coming off. into, he's, he's a 2020 class. Yep. So he's not, obviously he's not joining the team this year. Um, we have, honestly, like we know, one of the best returning, probably top ranked. The AP hasn't released their numbers yet, but probably number one overall team coming into the season this year. Pretty we're good. Doing it, we've got a lot of players returning. you yeah. got to consider we're going to be losing a lot after this year, more than likely, unless something goes. I, I can see definitely. I mean, obviously, we're going to lose cash. Well, you're going to lose Josh Langford because he's a senior. Yeah, I mean, and Cassius. Cassius Winston's going to be gone. Um, I depend- could see Xavier going. Depending on the performances from, from Tillman yeah. um, and others, you could see. We'll, we'll see where that goes. But Tillman came back to finish the job. And Rocket um, could be a one or two year player. Rocket could really be a know. one or two, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you you mentioned Foster Lawyer, and yep. and I'm I think a big... fans are a little bit like, what does this mean for Foster with two point guards in the same class? What could that mean? Is we're losing well, we're losing two guards this year, probably yeah. more than likely anyway. Um, and and you mentioned that Rocket is, we'll we'll one see. One or two, yeah. We'll see. He's and, a one or two year guy. Yep. Um, but you notice any any Izzo team that has any modicum of success. Mm-hmm. Doesn't just have one good point guard. That's true. Um, gotta have ball handlers. You gotta have depth team. at the position, yeah. and you gotta have guys that can run the floor. Right. Um, at any given time, you know, Cassius was was special in that he did it for most of the end of last season, pretty much by himself. Um, he was playing, you know, thirty to thirty-five minutes a game every single time after the Langford injury, um, and and he really kind of kept the team afloat just the way he was running it, yeah. you'd like to have more of that, and you'd like to have depth to do that, because I think that's going to be what's the one thing that kind of gets us over the hump here. Um, finally I gets us through that, that final four round and maybe on to a national championship. This year's a big year for Foster. Big, I think that's fair to say. Big year. Um, yeah. If he can just, you know, give Cash a little bit of a little bit of time on the bench, you know, that would be a big step up from last year. A little bit of time, and, and honestly... Maybe like... 10, 15 a game, just 10, 15 minutes, not points, although points would be welcome as well. And and the critics are going to say everything that, that I think you would say, too. Um, yeah. He's undersized. He's, he's small. Yeah. He's six foot. He might be a buck 80. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't seen anything from the offseason. I don't know if he's been hitting the weight room. He, he um, looks like he's gotten a little bit more muscle. That, that could, That's what I've heard, at least. And that could help. So yeah. if, he's, if he's a little well, bit more of a physical yeah. force... The Big Ten's um, a physical league, so we know we know he can shoot. Yep. We I, I've seen it. Um, I, I kind of watched him a lot while he was in high school. He he definitely has a shot. So, um, he just kind of struggled with confidence, I think, last year. Do think, yeah. So do I think adding a second point guard in the twenty twenty class is a is a sign of things to come? No, not at all. Not yet. 
Not not yet. We'll see how this year goes. Um, Which I think it'll be a good year. Yeah. Hot take. Yeah, and you have, like you said, good to have more ball handlers on the roster. Yeah. Um, that's Definitely doesn't hurt. Definitely you need that hurt. nowadays, especially when you look at the Big Ten, you look at Illinois and that pressure defense that they play. Mm. Awful defense. I hate watching it. I hate it. Oh, it's so like the worst thing to ever happen to me. Mm-hmm. And watching Cassius be the only one that can actually handle the ball was really painful. I think that was his season high of turnovers in that game. I think mm-hmm. he had, I don't even remember. I don't even want to guess because it was really high. But yeah, it, it helps to have more ball handlers on the team that can take pressure away from the point guard. So, mm-hmm. Alrighty. So into some other Less fortunate news. A little bit of sad Let's news. Let's call this one middling. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough for some people, I think. So we found out this week that Ladarius is entering the transfer portal. He's joining two other Spartans that have joined this year. Connor Hayward and Brandon Boyer-Randall. So the transfer portal is uh, taking three of our boys this year. And it's midseason. That's a bit of a change from the past where, you know, you'd hear more of in the off season. This transfer portal kind of allows guys to have communication even in the middle of the season. So um, I think Ladarius comes as a slight shock just because I would have expected it pre the Indiana game where he could have preserved a red shirt. But, uh, you know, I I'm of the feeling that I think this mid transfer thing is fine. I mean, I understand guys aren't happy with their role. They want a different role somewhere else. And, uh, you know, let them go if that's what they want. So, And I know Jason disagrees strongly. <laughs> He's making a face. Okay. Here we go. Uh, pick a sports league. NBA. NBA. It's the first one that came to my head. Is there a trade deadline in the NBA? I think so. Is there? There's absolutely a trade deadline in the yeah, NBA. Pretty sure. We're at a point right now in this season where we're, we've played five games. Yeah. We are more, I'd say we're more than a third of the way through the season at this point. We're coming yep. up on the halfway point this week. Mm-hmm. Guys that are putting in the transfer right now are, are leaving. Um, and and it, I don't want to say that I know why Ladarius is, is enrolling or entering himself in the, in the program. I don't know why Connor has, and I don't know why Boyer Randall has. None of us know. None exactly. of us know. Yeah. So none of us can. The only thing that we can do is speculate. Right. Um. Typically, what you get. And usually, you get, it's unhappy with a role. Unhappy with the role, not getting enough playing, playing time, time right. losing snaps, and yeah. and if you take a look at the Michigan State offense over the last couple of weeks, obviously we've seen the uh, we've seen the uh, emergence of Collins. Who's um, a freshman, and you and when you consider last season, Ladarius and. Hayward were running the backfield last year, and now they're kind of seeing themselves get moved to a complementary role to a freshman, and I think, you know, that's that's tough. Who is, I, I, I think. I really um, like Collins. Collins accounts, has earned it. It's not something by, I feel like that. He, he is, by all accounts, playing better football this year. Yeah. Um, but I, I think some people are upset because they see the athletes that, Ladarius and Hayward are. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about them specifically. We'll get into Boyer Randall later, but um, with when you look at the offense, that's obviously where we need the most help. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Hayward and Jefferson, they are our best pass blockers. They are guys that 
I feel like people are upset because we could have utilized them differently mm-hmm. um, and made them a stronger part of the offense, especially when you look at Hayward. The guy has really good hands. Um, I think if we would have schemed something maybe to get him more open in space, maybe he could have done some things. I think you saw in the Tulsa game he kind of showed that on his our only offensive touchdown of the day in that game. Um, but after you know that, we didn't really see as much of Hayward in the passing game, which I think was a missed opportunity for sure. Um, I do think he would be a great tight end, though, for what it's worth. But we'll see what his future holds. Um, Ladarius, also a great athlete. You know, he, he was a quarterback in high school. Kind of wish if we were going to run the Wildcat, we could have used, you know, the guy who was a quarterback in high school. So that's just... That we should not talk about the Wildcat right now because that will get me very upset. Why did I bring that up? Why? Why did you bring <laughs> Why that up? Why did I bring that up? I wanna, I wanna run. I wanna come back around to something here, though. Sure. Um, went and pulled some stats, and if you take a look at our offensive production overall, mm-hmm. um, MSU as as a unit, we have the thirty seventh ranked offense in college football, that's which doesn't sound doesn't sound terrible, but that's combined, you know, offense and defense. Right. And we've had some good performances on solid performances. <laughs> you know, we we've put up thirty plus a couple times this yeah. year now. I mean fifty something on Yeah, in the, in the Western game we put up fifty. Uh, you know, we've put up we've put points on the board. Yeah. Um It's been inconsistent, but we have had some high scoring output games. However, sure. when you go and you kinda of break it down a little bit and you take a look at Michigan State's rushing statistics. Yeah. Uh, that's where things change. Um, 80th, 80th in the country overall. Middle of the... It's lower very, middle of the pack Lower, lower middle of the pack. Yeah. Because um, there's about, what, 126, 125, something mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, that's lower Roughly. middle of the pack there. More middle of the pack. Yep. Um, we have a situation where guys that are, being, that are playing the running back position who are being usurped or, or, or passed over mm-hmm. are entering into the transfer portal. Right. But they are now, th- theori- theoretically, they are third and fourth string guys mm-hmm. looking for transfers Yeah. on the 80th ranked rushing offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're, if you're a, a moderately successful college program, are you going to take that? Is that what you want on your roster? I, I think people would definitely take them. I don't think that's fair to put that on them. Go I on. Think, Explain. I just think that there's a role for Jefferson and Hayward. I don't know if running back was ever their best spot. I think that we tried it. And I don't know what they personally want. I don't know if they're happy being running backs. I don't know if that's what they see as their future. Mm-hmm. If they're like, hey, listen, I'm going to be a... D1 running back somewhere else, that's what mm-hmm. I want, but it's not here. Mm-hmm. I don't know that answer, and I don't know if we will know until later on, obviously, or maybe we'll never know. But I do think that Ladarius is an athlete, mm-hmm. and I think he can be, maybe he wants to go down a level and play quarterback. Maybe he wants to be a running back. I don't know what he wants to do. Right, and, and we can we can only speculate, as yep. I've said. I just, if you take a look at the raw numbers... Yeah. And you take a look at it. I just think you have to look at them from an athlete perspective and be like, hey, maybe we can use them better than what MSU was using them. 
Like, hey, why don't we make Hayward a tight end? Or why don't we use him in the passing game? Put him in the slot. I think that that would be a better spot for him than at running back. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't want to disparage either one of those guys because they did everything they could. And, you know, they're, they all by all accounts seem like great men, great people. It's just in terms of if we're just strictly talking ability – I don't think that they're at that level that we needed from, especially with the offensive line that we have. We need a guy with wiggle who can create, who can make something out of nothing. And that's Elijah. Elijah is our best fit right now. Mm -hmm. And he has earned that. He has definitely shown that. And you can't say that Jefferson and Hayward haven't had their opportunities because last year that was all them due to the injury of LJ Scott. So, you know, once again, it's just it's what they want, and uh, we wish them the best of luck. Wherever is next for them, always. Um, you and always want to when you look at Boyer Randall, that one really hurts for me because I thought very highly of him. He was a guy that really flashed on third downs, and he's a guy that you know we would use in passing situations to rush the quarterback. And I thought he was. A pretty impressive player. Um, hopefully he lands somewhere good for him where he can get more playing time. I think he kind of saw his role decrease a little bit this season. So the transfer isn't that shocking either. But, you know, obviously it's not not uh, not fun for people. I think a lot of us, some people are wondering if, you know, that's a sign of something in the program or, you know, oh, is something wrong and... I personally don't think that that it says anything. I think it's more of a sign of the times and players have more agency if they're unhappy nowadays to just say, okay, well, I'm going to open myself up and hear what other coaches have to say for me. So, you know, we're going to move on to another topic, unfortunately. Uh, This one's also not a happy topic either. Uh, As we all know, D'Antonio is being sued by Blackwell for wrongful termination. Um, He's currently in the process of being deposed, um, but that deposition won't happen until after the season. Um, D'Antonio did lose a ruling this week where um, he wanted to limit the scope of the deposition, and he also wanted it to be three hours under up to three hours um unfortunately he lost that ruling so d'antonio is allowed to be deposed for up to seven hours and there is no scope so he can be asked about anything so um it can be about austin robertson nasser or whatever topic they the opposition wants to ask him so that's news um i think the big questions are probably what does it mean you know, what should we be worried? What do you think? Uh, first thing I want to take out of this is I want to take the uh, response from uh, Curtis Blackwell's attorney, Thomas Warnicke, um, offering a statement to the media saying, quote, we're disappointed that the judge has allowed for D'Antonio to complete the football season mm-hmm. before his deposition is taken. However, we look forward to taking his deposition shortly thereafter. Yeah. Um, clearly, Blackwell, Blackwell and his legal team do not want this case to drag on. Yeah. I think, honestly, going into this, they were probably looking for a settlement. They mm-hmm. probably wanted hush money, and they probably wanted to go on into the night. Kind of like how everyone else that's had a controversy with the university has kind of seemed to have gotten in the past couple of years. 
um, this isn't happening. D'Antonio is fighting back, um, and, and he is insistent that he has done nothing wrong. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's very interesting taking a look at what he wanted to limit it to. Um, he wanted yeah. he wanted to barge questions with regards to Austin Robertson, which I don't want to say concerns me, um, mm -hmm. but I think we need to know. I think not so much on a Michigan State University level, but I think we, whoever, we as, as sports fans, um, need to know the process that, that any of our teams go through. Mm -hmm. I think we need to know how these players are vetted, what right. what measures are taken. Um, yes, there, there have definitely been worse institutions and, and things that have happened worse, looking at you, Baylor, yeah. um, with regards to how things have been handled in the past. But... I generally think we need transparency, so mm -hmm. I, I don't like... I'm definitely in favor of transparency. I don't I think like... it could... In my opinion, though, I think um, we all know Austin Robertson was a mistake. He should never have gone to campus. He should not have come to MSU, but hindsight is always twenty twenty. We don't know exactly what D'Antonio knew about him prior to the recruitment or during the recruitment um, that could come up in the deposition. I'm assuming it will. I'm sure that's going to be a point of emphasis for Blackwell's team to try to make D'Antonio look bad, which is, you know, the goal for them. So uh, it's going to be an interesting summer. I shouldn't even say summer. It should be an interesting January postseason. Uh, we'll have to see what comes out. Um, I, I really don't think it's something to worry too much about. Um, but, yeah, we'll... Another aside that happened during the, the proceedings today, however, um, Judge Harmony did issue a sanction against Curtis Blackwell's legal team. Mm. Um, apparently there was an agreement in place um, between MSU detectives um, and, and those involved with the 2017 sexual assault mm. um, that the deposition um, with regards to the investigation into that case was not supposed to be released. Um, and and attorney Andrew Patterson Jr. apparently did release that in full um, wow. in an attempt to kind of sway... Public opinion. Potentially public opinion yeah. or, or the court's opinion, more importantly, since this is civil. Mm -hmm. um, this, this, this lies with the judge. Um, which kind of paints him in a maybe less positive light. So right. we, we kind of got rulings on both sides today. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the scope of the uh, deposition is now not limited, but also one of the attorneys for Blackwell was sanctioned in court today. Um, so what do I, what do I really, what can you make of this? You really can't. Yeah. There's not really a whole lot that you can say on this until we the learn proceedings and we happen. about what happens. Yeah. Um, we, I wonder how much will be made public. I'm sure our deposition's public record. It's public proceeding. Yeah. No. Um, I think anybody with a vested in, in, interest in the university needs to know. Yeah. And um, even if it's not something we want to hear, we probably need to. Mm -hmm. um, it's important to know what procedures go into that kind of recruiting somebody that may have had character concerns and bringing them onto a college campus. So, um, it'll be an interesting thing, situation to keep following and see where this goes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and anyone can read the tweets or the whispers. 
from from individuals on both sides who say they've had interactions uh, either with Blackwell or with with Coach D. Mm-hmm. Um, positive, negative, whatever you may see. Right. It. I just want it out in the courtroom. So I, I generally, I think a lot of fans are concerned about this and they're concerned that some skeletons might come crawling out. But I think any accountable fan, I think, wants those to come out. Mm-hmm. So, um, That should be a general rule of thumb in, for most situations. Obviously, I, I think Transparency that, you know, is what our university needs to do better at in general, so. Absolutely. Alrighty. So. That's it, I think. Kind of a heavy sub. Yeah, that's a. That was a downer to end the pod on. Kind of a downer to end the pod on. Yeah. Um, score predictions for Saturday. Oh boy, uh, put me go. on the spot here. I kind of see like a seventeen fourteen game. Seventeen fourteen. Yep, I think. I don't want to pick against my Spartans, but I think Wisconsin pulls it out. I don't think we're doing that. I don't think we're doing that on this podcast. I think we're gonna bounce back. I think we're gonna have a good. I love this. Then. We're gonna. Have You're a good usually back the game. negative one. Um, twenty to fourteen. I think. Okay. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen enough from Wisconsin at quarterback, mm-hmm. and I don't think Jonathan Taylor, I, I think he's very, very easily going to maybe run for 150 yards. Might he's going to get his. He's going to get yards. Definitely going to yeah. get his. going to have a pair yeah. of touchdowns. Um, I don't see them coming out on the winning side of this game. I like that. I've seen I like the, that I've energy the, from you. I've seen... I really watched that Northwestern game closely after the big win against Michigan. It came out it's a bit of a trap game, though, don't you think? Uh, You're coming off a win that you felt really good about yourselves. You beat Michigan. Then you got Northwestern in between a sandwich game with Michigan State coming around the corner. Yeah, but you almost lost that, that good... game to a guy who blamed analytics on... Oh, don't even get me started on Pat Fitzgerald. I got, I got <laughs> analytics, bro. Which, oh, to be fair, God. I have analytics, too, but... We're well, all analytics on this podcast, You want to you see these? You want to see these spreadsheets? Alright. This uh, Google Drive. I see a 20-14 to 14 Michigan State win. Well, I like that. I like I that like kind it. of injury. Are we going to get a bounce back game from Matt Coughlin? Are we going to see it? Uh, I don't know that bounce back is the right term to use. I'd like to see the field goals go between the uprights. Yeah. I, don't like, I don't like bouncing <laughs> field goals. So. <laughs> hey, if it goes, it only matters if it goes in, right? Isn't that how it goes? Exactly. So. Alright, um, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us. If you stayed this long... You're a real trooper, so appreciate you. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media. So my Twitter is at Tara Stafford. No relation to Matthew Stafford, but, you know, if anyone wants to look into that, maybe there's something there. Yep. Tara will post a lot of the things on social. Um, she'll drop out a lot of the updates. Jason, drop um, your Twitter. No, no, no plugs Do it. here. No <laughs> plugs here. I'm, I'm bad on Twitter. I'm, I'm not a fun follow, honestly. <laughs> Uh, he's being come, modest come for my insights here so um yeah that's it we're gonna try and do these be sure um, uh to check us out subscribe like favorite whatever they do whatever you do leave subscribe a, leave a, comment whatever leave one of those five give us star some reviews. feedback it is our first pod so bear with us hopefully we'll get better um we'll hopefully have some good guests on in the future yes. and actually have a professional set up where we have you know a cover photo and other business cover photos, matters some, also, some music uh, might be nice if anyone's good at photoshop uh dm me hit me up in my dms or if you got some uh hot jams that we can use hot um, tunes. that we'll totally give you credit for 
I will absolutely give you credit. Um, be sure to hit up my DMs, folks. Um, cool. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next week. Cool. See you guys. See ya. Thank you.